welcome how are you all today you're listening to the divergent fitness podcast a podcast focused on using the science of human behavior to help you live a values-based life and i'm your host amber sobrio ritter i'm a personal trainer board certified behavior analyst and a mom of three boys Uh, i'm super happy to be here to talk about this topic that we're going to dive into today we had a really great episode last week with Cora Trevino, a gym friend of mine who lost 100 pounds, gained 30 back, and then found kind of a really nice, moderate, sustainable balance. Uh, it was a really awesome conversation about getting 1% better every day. Uh, and, you know, she has two little girls, and having kids myself, it's always a juggling act as to how am I going to make sure that I show up in the ways that I value for my kids while also showing up for myself. And in fact, showing up for my kids by showing up for myself first, right? So that's kind of what I want to dive into today. And I want to talk about resentment. Is motherhood without resentment possible? Is this a thing that even exists? Or is it just sort of we accept that there's going to be just an underlying small boil of rage (laughs) all the time because there are a lot of needs that are not getting met and especially for women we can get really good at disconnecting from our bodies so we can continue to meet the needs of people outside of ourselves and it's not always apparent immediately but there are consequences for that behavior right and sometimes they happen pretty quickly Uh, sometimes it takes decades but at some point it gets really hard to sustain that and remain connected to yourself. So then there's a choice of, am I just going to totally disconnect from myself, give up, uh, ever feeling fulfilled or ever moving towards my goals or moving towards my values? Or am I going to fight? And I actually see the fight as being super valuable and such good, helpful information. So let's talk a little bit about resentment and just anger in general. So there's a book that I listened to probably five years ago. I think it was called The Dance of Anger. And the premise of the book was that anger is a really wonderful emotion and that actually we should be super thankful that we have anger as an emotion because anger usually tells you that some boundary has been crossed. Something has gone wrong. uh, Some need is not being met. And the wonderful thing that we can do is to look at it and use it as information for how we want to move forward. And I know for me, out of all of the emotions on the emotional spectrum uh, of things that we feel, anger is the hardest for me to feel. Uh, I feel a lot of shame around anger. I feel uncomfortable. Usually, I will either pivot towards um, sadness right? Tears come a little bit more easily or or I I allow myself to have tears more often than I do anger or suppression or dissociation. Those, that's maybe a way that I cope with really intense anger. And uh, what I started to realize a few years ago is that the anger was a gift uh, because it let me know there was something that needed to be addressed. There was some need that needed to be fulfilled and that the anger was just constantly like, hey, 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 right? Reminding me, you need something that you're not getting. 
So it's like the anger can be a little bit of a fire alarm. And imagine if the fire alarm goes off and instead of putting out the fire, you just turn off the fire alarm, but the fire keeps burning. This is the same thing, right? If I can suppress my anger, okay, cool. Now it's fine. If I can numb my anger through food, alcohol, drugs, shopping, gambling, uh, scrolling online, right? Social media. If I can numb my anger, I can put out that fire alarm temporarily. But what happens is it goes off again and it keeps going off until you put out the fire. I was born in 1984, so I grew up during sort of like a grunge rock phase and I thought I was super hardcore and I loved Rage Against the Machine. And I remember that there was a song where during a pause, very quietly, the lead singer said, anger is a gift. And I didn't get it, you know, when I was 14, I was just like, yeah, you know, like, screw my parents, screw the system. I didn't know, you know, I didn't really understand what that meant until about five years ago when I, I think I got too tired to just keep ignoring that anger, right? Or I just thought I need to look at this because the alternative is just that I'm dissociating a lot, right? And I'd really like to stay present in my life and figure out a way to do that. So what can we do with anger? Have any of you ever rage cleaned? Uh, probably if you're a mom, right? You're, you're huffing and puffing around the house like, fuck these kids, <laughs> fuck this husband, right? Fuck this partner. Like, I'm mad at everybody. Nobody understands me. I do everything myself, right? You're raging. There's some anger there. Instead of rage cleaning and just forcing yourself to do the thing that you've always done, what if you sat down and you sort of got connected to that part of yourself? You got connected to that anger and say, hey, what's going on here, right? What's popping up for me? So I close my eyes. I take a deep breath. For me, I need sensory deprivation to be able to have a reset. Uh, So I will take a hot shower in complete darkness. Um, I will go inside of a closet with like a loud white noise machine. I need full because if I can still hear the kids fussing, if I can still hear the video games, if I can still hear whatever, I can't fully hear myself. This is the goal I think of when I work with clients. The mindset work is insanely transformative. I'm trying to teach my clients how to get better in touch with themselves. That's my goal. Don't take my advice. Don't do what I say. Don't whatever. I'm supporting you to listen to yourself, to connect with yourself, to get back inside your body. So what I do is I suggest, and this is only my method of doing it, whatever works for you is the right, the right way of doing it. Go inside myself. It's super dark. I have total privacy um, or the door's locked anyways, right? And I have a noise machine on. I can't hear what's going on. And obviously you can only do this if your kids are safe, old enough, um, in a place where they can either entertain themselves or somebody else can entertain them or, you know, screen time for five minutes, right? And I take some deep breaths and I just let myself feel the anger in my body. Where do I feel it? Oh, it feels like, you know, for me, some tightness in my throat, heat in my chest. Uh, My shoulders are coming up towards my ears. Maybe my fists are balling up, just tension through my whole body. Okay, I take my mind to that place in my body or those places and I just breathe very deeply. Just trying to create a little bit of separation between myself, which is Amber, and the emotion that I'm feeling right? So often we get fused with our thoughts and our emotions that we think they are us, but they're not. They are 
an experience that we're having. They're a stimulus in our environment. So if you're in a traffic jam, let's say all of the cars are your thoughts, right? Instead of being in the car in your tra- in a traffic jam, what we're doing is we're learning how to get out of the car, go sit on the hill next to the freeway, and just watch. Just watch the cars go by. Oh, there's the car that says, this is horrible. I can't do this anymore. There's the car that says, nobody helps me. I do everything by myself. There's the car that says, right, we're just watching. So now there's a little bit of separation. Once there's a little bit of separation, you can see it more clearly. It's like when you shake up a snow globe, you have to let things settle for a couple of minutes before you can see through the water. Otherwise, it's too cloudy, right? You can't, you can't discern what's actually happening. So I sit there and I try to let that snow globe settle. And I know this, this seems like how many of you have made like a sparkle jar? What's it called? Like a, like a, like a timeout, not, not timeout, but like a a reset sparkle jar with your kids, right? I've done this with my kids. Okay, go shake your sparkle jar and wait until this, the glitter settles and take deep breaths. And then we'll, you know, have a conversation or whatever. Yeah, uh, it turns out that the things that we've been suggesting for our kids to do are also the things that we should be doing and that work for us. So you want you to sparkle jar yourself and you're going to let things settle a little bit. And then I want you to see if you can see through that water a little. What's happening here? What's going on, right? The thought that's most obvious to you is I'm doing, okay, I'm just going to share some examples from my own life. I'm doing everything by myself. Okay, cool. That might be true. It might not be true, but it doesn't matter. If for you that feels true, that's information for you, okay? Nobody appreciates me, okay? That's good information. What you're doing is you're going through, you're listening to each thought that pops up, validating, right? Getting a getting a feel for that thought, uh, getting a sense of it. Yeah, that's it's really hard when nobody listens to you, right? Yeah, it's really hard when you feel like you have to do everything yourself. You're not shaming yourself for these thoughts. You're not saying, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed. There are people suffering in the world. Why can't I just do the thing I need to do? No, we're not going to take your negative emotions and layer them with self-judgment, right? Or self-loathing or guilt or whatever. That Now we have layers of suffering. We're just going to, let's just keep the one layer of suffering, right? That's sufficient. We're just going to observe, Okay, like, okay, Amber, this does feel hard. This does feel hard. It's hard to be a mom. That's fair, right? I'm going to validate those feelings that I'm having. And I'm not going to immediately rush to explain them away, right? If I say to myself, I'm doing everything myself, then the next thought I have is, well, my partner's really busy and they can't help me and I I should be, you know, happy to support them and blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do that. Just, yeah, it's hard when you do everything yourself. It's really hard. Then what you do is after you have listened to those thoughts, you have validated those emotions, now you can start to maybe come up with a plan around that. Like, how am I going to support myself? Because what I'm not going to do is just continue to abuse myself or allow myself to be abused. And when I say abused, I don't mean that people around you are trying to be unkind to you. They're trying to like exploit your good heart or something. But people don't know what you need and how could they if you don't even know what you need, right? So it's this self-betrayal that happens when you don't acknowledge what you need or you can't see it, then you can't advocate for it and then you're constantly in a place where you are prioritizing other people's needs and betraying yourself in the process. So you have these thoughts pop up. Um, I'm doing it all by myself. Okay, great. Let's devise a strategy around that. Let's figure it out. 
That's what's happening right now isn't working for you. Let's do something different. Okay, so I have been doing the dishes by myself every night after dinner. Cool. What we're going to do is we're going to create a rotation where every member of the family takes a turn. Or what we're going to do is set a timer for 15 minutes after dinner every night and everyone does their best to teamwork it and get it as clean as they can in 15 minutes. And then everyone stops after 15 minutes. Probably 15 minutes is enough to get it done if everyone's working together. And there's something about setting a timer where you know, okay, I only have to do this for 15 minutes. And then at the end of it, whether it's done or not, that's all I'm making myself do. Most of the time, that's going to be enough. Probably, unless you cook like I do, which means you use every dish in the house (laughs) to be able to make um, a meal. If the kids are little, what can we do? We can say like, hey, partner, I'd like to spend 20 minutes together after, you know, dinner every night and tag team this. Let's listen to our favorite podcast. Let's listen to our favorite music. Let's whatever. Or let's say you don't have a partner that can or is willing to help you. Let's say your kids are too little. How can we make meals easier so that we use fewer dishes? We're, it's just devising a strategy around all of this. It's acknowledging that what's happening right now isn't working. There's a really good book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And she talks about how most of the time suffering continues to take place because we lack acceptance of the suffering. So instead of saying, this is what it is, we're thinking, my partner shouldn't be like this. They should be helping me. They should, 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 right? How, how effective is that? Think of how hard it is to change yourself. Now, really reflect on the fact that most of us are trying to change other people. If we can't even change ourselves, how in God's name, are we going to be able to change anybody else? We're not. Instead of just acknowledging and accepting that, we say, well, I need this person to do this or that person to do that. That's so disempowering because you have no control over whether they do that. So what if you just said, I have a partner that doesn't help. Okay, let's devise some strategies around that. We're going to use a meal prep company. I'm going to prep most of the food on the weekend. I'm going to create a meal prep friend group where we get together once every two weeks and prep a bunch of meals together like freezer meals that are super easy to throw in the crock pot every night and take some of that load off my plate. I am going to get a service like HelloFresh or uh, Purple Carrot to be able to help me be successful so that I don't have to be doing all of this on my own. I'm going to pay somebody to do this. There's, There's a thousand ways to do this, right? So many ways, but we get stuck on the one that that won't work. I don't know why, right? This is the way that I spent most of my life is trying to figure out how to change somebody else. Instead of just saying, this is what it is. Now, what choices do I have? That's the beautiful thing about acceptance is that now that you say it is what it is and you just see it that way, cool, now you're free. You're free to do the thing that will actually solve the problem. You are empowered to do the thing that will actually solve the problem. You could just say, I'm not cooking. We're going to do frozen meals, you know, and you can work with a coach or you can research on how to find really healthy, macro-friendly, frozen, you know, like bagged recipes. There are so many ways of doing this that can take this load off of your plate that maybe you haven't looked at because you've been too focused on this other thing, which is this person needs to help me. The wonderful thing is that you are the person to help you. You are the person that gets to be in charge of this. I remember for a long time when I was married to my co-parent, 
he was super busy building up a career in tech and I felt, you know, like the house cleaning was so overwhelming for me. And I just at some point realized, you know, he's successful at this thing that he's doing, which is building this career in tech. The wonderful side effect of that is that he, there's more money than there had ever been in our lives, right? I can take some of that money and I can use it to outsource some of the help he would have been providing and not feel alone in this thing. And that's certainly not to say that he wasn't helpful because he was, but it's just, there's all this nitty gritty stuff when you're a mom, right? That you think of that, that other people may, might not think of baseboards. I don't know why they need to be clean, but they do. So having help, you know, and just accepting it for what it was like, it's okay if you don't help. And I'm also not going to do it alone. So what are we going to do? So the wonderful thing is that as you get in touch with yourself, you are acknowledging, what do I need? What do I need? We never ask ourselves this. This We tell ourselves, this is what I have to do. This is what's required of me. Do we ever ask, what do I need in order to be able to do that thing? It's like if you got in your car and you were like, okay, take me somewhere. And your car's like, well, I need gas. And you're like, no, you don't. You should be able to do it without gas. <laughs> That's what we do as parents. We're like, I should. I should be able to do this. Really? You should be able to get from A to B with no gas because that's what you're asking for yourself. And guess what? You are going to be able to do it temporarily. But the side effect is that it will kill you or it will kill your relationship or it will kill your joy in life, right? You're not living a values-based life. You're miserable. The consequence is too severe. Don't do that. Don't expect that of yourself. If you're going to have expectations of yourself, you better set yourself up for success by acknowledging what you need to meet those expectations. So now you've gone inside yourself, right? You're in the closet. Here's what I need. Then you create a plan to give yourself what you need, right? If I come out of the closet and I'm like, I need a break. I need to walk outside. Then I'm going to go do it. And let's say my kids are too little. I can't leave them home. I'm going to say, guys, we're going on a walk outside. I remember when the kids were little, I'd just throw them all in the stroller. I'd throw them in the bike trailer. I'd throw them in the car and take a drive, turn on a little, you know, audio book, a kid's audio book. You acknowledge what you need and then you give yourself what you need. This is the, the amazing thing about this is that then nobody else is responsible for my happiness. Resentment is essentially, I have a need that's not being fulfilled. I perceive that it's someone else's job to help me fill that need and I'm angry because they're not doing it. The wonderful thing about fulfilling your own needs is that now you don't have that expectation of other people and you're free to take care of it yourself and other people are free to love you and support you through that but not be in charge of that. Think of the pressure as a child, right? If I expected my kids to be well-behaved all the time to keep my stress low, Think of the pressure. Oh God, we got to be good or else mom's going to get upset. We got to be good or else mom's going to cry. We got to be good or, you know, it's like, gosh, the pressure of having other people so in control of your emotions. And what does this create? It creates children who are people pleasing because they think I'm responsible for my mom's emotions. Like if I don't help my mom feel better, she's going to feel horrible and it's my fault. Instead of saying, dudes, you guys are not responsible for my emotions. Uh, that's my job. And right now the way I'm taking care of myself is that I'm going to take a break and go for a walk outside. 
You know, sometimes if the kids are particularly spicy, I might appear flustered, right? Or I might appear grumpy. And sometimes they'll say, you know, sorry, mom, we're being really bad or something, you know, whatever language they use. And I say, you're just kids. You're totally normal kids. And this actually, like the way that I'm feeling right now is really is a lot of things that have nothing to do with you. And I need to do some things to help myself feel better. This is not your responsibility to try and fix this for me, right? It's really not anybody's responsibility to try to fix anything for us. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds like revolutionary. It sounds wrong. Yes, it is my husband's responsibility to help me with the kids because I'm stressed out. Well, you can, you can debate that until the cows come home. But my question is, is it working? To have the same argument every night, to fight over the same things every week, every month. If it's working, okay, but I'm guessing it's not. You know, you need to help me with this. I'm busy. I'm stressed out. I'm trying to do this. Like, you're going to have the same argument over and over and over again. But what you can do is you can say, whether it's your responsibility or not, I don't know, right? Every family does things differently, people see things in very different ways. But what I am saying is I can't do this alone. So now what? I'm getting help. That's it. Or I'm going to stop doing so much shit. I'm not going to need everything to be perfect. And that's just the way it's going to look. I can't tell you how many times my house is a disaster or my car is a disaster. If you open the door to my car and something didn't fall out, you didn't open the door to my car. (laughs) Something always falls out. (laughs) You just don't know what it's going to be. It could be a pillow. It could be a strength training book. It could be a protein shake. It could be garbage. I don't know what's going to fall out. That's okay. Because, you know, at the end of the day, every day, the thing that was left undone is never me, ever. So I can look around at the mess and I can be like, well, oh, well. I ate well, I got my workout in, I feel good. You know, I'll spend a few minutes on this tonight and get it to like a decent livable situation, but it's okay. It's not a big deal. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I prioritize housekeeping? At the end of the night, I think, okay. It's essentially like Cinderella, right? I'm going to do this, 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 this. As soon as I get everything done, then I can do my workout and I'll feel really good about it because my house is really clean. Then I'm going to make myself a healthy meal. Guess what happens? You're never get done in time. And when you do get done, there's never any energy left over. Right? You finally get done with everything you needed to do. Oh, I'm going to do something really fun for myself. I'm going to watch my favorite show. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to I'm going to do a quick workout. No, you're not. You're too tired. You do the thing to take care of yourself first. If you're too tired to finish the dishes, leave that. That's fine. You might think, all right, well, I think I can handle this. I think I can get through everything in my house. My house is perfectly clean and then I'll work out. I think I can do it. And for a few days, you might, uh, you might not be able to do it. And you might be like, it's okay. I'm still figuring it out. I'll get it. It's fine. And there's no consequences except for, you know, maybe kind of annoyed or whatever. But I'm telling you over the course of years of putting yourself at the end of the day, Once everything's done, oh, the deep, (laughs) the deep resentment. 
the deep feelings of anger. But who are you angry at? Who, who put that on your plate? Who told you you had to do that? Well, you could argue my mom because she did it, right? You could argue society because society tells us that, you know, women are meant to show up this way for people. You could make a lot of arguments about how your behavior was shaped over time. But ultimately, who was standing with you in the kitchen and was like, finish the dishes before your workout? There was nobody. Maybe your partner, maybe, was like, hey, the house is dirty. But you could still say, cool, I'll get to it. Right? Unless you're with a severely abusive partner that's like, things need to be perfectly clean. And that's a whole other conversation, right? Most partners aren't going to be like that. And if you said, listen, I'm choosing to prioritize myself, a good partner is going to say, hell yeah, I agree. That's uh, fine, right? Let's use some income to hire some help or to um, let's figure out some strategies around this. It's just us. It's just us. It's you're in a prison of your own making. Because you think this is what a quote unquote good mom does. This is how a quote unquote good mom shows up for her family. I grew up Mormon, so I had a lot of beliefs around a, a good woman keeps a clean home. A good mom keeps a clean home. This is how you show people you love them. You have a nice space for them to live in. And if you don't, well, then the flip side of that is true. I don't believe that anymore. Think about your kids when they grow up. What do I want my kids doing? What do I want? My, how do I want my kids taking care of themselves? Do I want them driving themselves into the ground t- trying to keep the house clean? And meanwhile, they're not eating a decent meal or getting a workout in? They're not checking in with their bodies and saying, what do you need? They're just modeling this endless martyrdom for their kids and thinking it's a gift? I mean, no. This glorification of long-suffering, endlessly giving moms is abusive. That book, The Giving Tree, oh, that's such a sweet book. No, it's not. That is not a sweet book. That is abuse. What you are watching is a mom say, right? We're gonna, I'm going to call the tree the mom. The mom says, I don't need anything. Cut me down until I'm nothing, right? Just so that you can, whatever whim you need, I'll fulfill it. This is bonkers. I mean, what I ask is, is there a way she could have given to that little boy that didn't destroy herself? Hey, bud, I can't give you all my apples, but here's half. Hey, I can't give you all my branches, but here's some. Sit on this one. Right? I can't give you all my wood to go build a boat, but here's some. Why? Why do we have this endlessly abusive belief that the only way to love our kids is to carve into ourselves until there's nothing left? That's got to stop. It's not fair. And it's not good modeling for our kids unless we want them to be doing the same thing. There was a middle ground there in that book, The Giving Tree. There was a middle ground. But there was some kind of glorification of the mom saying, it's all yours. And what I'm saying is that that has to end. 
it's not all for our kids because I'm a human too. And when my kids grow up, I want them to be a human too with their kids. It's not endlessly for another person. I don't exist just to serve other people. And if you feel resentful, it's probably because you are existing only to serve other people. And it's pretty frustrating, right? It's not serving you because it's making you angry. The anger is information. Don't suppress it. Don't push it down. Acknowledge it. Honor it. Thank it. Thank you so much for keeping me from abusing myself. Thank you so much for reminding me that boundaries have been crossed. And thank you for pushing me to reestablish those boundaries so that I can care for myself and the other people. Right? You think about giving tree. What if, the, what if that tree had said, listen, you can't have any of my apples right now, but come back in a year. I'll have more. Right? And during that year, she's this tree. You got to read this book because you're going to be confused if you haven't read this book. The tree's caring for herself. She's fertilizing herself. She's getting sunshine and water, right? She's, she's growing more in herself to give more. Now it comes back here, take half. I'm going to keep half because I'm going to use them for whatever purpose to keep growing, to keep getting better, to keep having more to give you. But here's what I can give. And I love you. Take it. Right? No more digging into yourself. No more carving out your soul to feed others. You matter only for the reason that you matter. You don't need a reason. You can just say no. You can just say I matter. You can just set a boundary because that's what you need. I think society has certainly shaped us in a way that benefits the general functioning. Women work hard. Women work harder and expect less. Women are expected to give of themselves endlessly and joyfully and looking super hot all the time while you do it. And it serves people. My kids are little. They're never going to come up to me and say, you know what, mom? You need to care for yourself. Stop with these dishes. Let me take over. No. That's not going to happen. And that doesn't mean that they don't love me. They do. But they don't know what I need. And they shouldn't have to anticipate it. That's my job. It's your job to care for yourself. Not anybody else's. If you're resentful, it's because you are not setting a boundary to care for yourself. You deserve that. That is what I'm working on with my clients, is teaching them how to do it. You might think there's no middle ground for me, right? I'm the giving tree and my kids are little. They have special needs. I can't say no. I can't set a boundary. Oh, you can. If you were my client, we would figure it out. We would find a way. It might have to be pretty creative. It might have to be super flexible. It might have to be that we start super small. Over the course of working in the autism field, I've seen moms with the most severely impacted children still find a way to care for themselves. And I've seen moms with mildly impacted children just paralyzed out of the ability to care for themselves. And you know who's doing better? The mom with the severely impacted child. It's crazy. It's 
it's insane. And that's why I got into the field of fitness because I noticed, yes, children's behavior can be very challenging and very overwhelming and cause a lot of stress. But I just recognized that for the moms who were able to care for themselves through that stress, they were better. They were better off. They were well-adjusted. They were still able to find joy and happiness in life. That's what I want for you. Whatever situation you have going on in your life, it's your responsibility to find a way to care for yourself through it. And you can do it. I've gone through divorce. I've gone through death of my brother. Um, I've gone through career changes. I've gone through mental health issues. Uh, Anything almost that is huge and should rock your life and did rock my life I got through it and still, even in the tiniest ways, found a way to care for myself because that's what I deserve. And how I care for myself is how I teach other people to care for me, including my family, right? Setting boundaries with my family teaches them how to set boundaries with their friends and with their families. When they grow up, they're going to have that skill. Kids are not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. So start caring for yourself so that your kids will do the same. Those of you out there who feel triggered by this, I hope you'll just look at it. I hope you'll just meditate on it for a couple of minutes to see if there's some truth there for you. To see if there's a little space where you can care for yourself. Is it possible to be a mom without being resentful? How do you do that? Right? Go inside yourself. The answers are already there. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you find this podcast to be valuable at all, please share it with your friends, family members, anybody that you think will benefit. Uh, Please leave a review. Uh, Then it becomes more accessible to people. And I really value your feedback. So always feel free to send me your thoughts. Uh, My Instagram is DivergentFitnessCA, as in California. Uh, And I would love to hear from you. So have a wonderful week, everybody. I'm super excited. Next week, we're going to be chatting with my uh, fellow behavior analyst and fitness friend, Angela Tam, who's doing amazing work in the field uh, to try to create moderate, sustainable habits for our families. So tune in next week. Uh, Have a great week. Do that check-in with yourself whenever you're feeling a little bit of tightness in your throat or your chest or your shoulders and see what you need and then come up with a plan to give yourself those things. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. Bye.